talking this morning about gangs. Well, Jared Gilbert uh, is a gang expert, and he's on the line. Hi, Jared. Hello, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm well yourself. Can we, before we go any further, can you just um, explain to us what you did and what you went through to become so knowledgeable on gangs with your PhD and stuff? Well, yeah, sure. Um, I well, I, I I started looking at some laws when I was at university with no background um, in gangs at all. In fact, I was probably incredibly naive, um, and that small study. Um, started to become a bigger study and then a bigger study. And the next thing you know, I was six or seven years um, doing field work, which means just basically hanging out and living with gangs. So, um, you know, that, that worried the hell out of my mother um, and didn't do much of my liver, I've got to say. <laughs> so you would just hang out, they, they were obviously um, receptive to you being there? Um, mostly. I mean, the, 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 the reason why the field work took so long is because as you can imagine, these are very closed communities, um, and I didn't have the cultural capital. Like I didn't really understand the scene, so my language was different and I looked different, and so it took a long time to to sort of become embedded. But once that happened, and once I gained a reputation as being someone who could be trusted, um, then it, 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 yeah, it became a lot easier. That's not to say the wheels didn't come off from time to time. I, um, it's a cop a fair bit of violence and the like um, every now and then, but but overall, um, yeah, overall I was, I was accepted well. So you got beaten up a bit? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Um, I, yeah, a couple of times, but uh, and, and and a couple of times involved in violence. You know, where there was there was, there was sort of you know fights and, and things that that, that happened. Um, I, I always came a, a long way second. In fact, if there was a possibility of coming third, I would have. But um, yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but in saying that. You know, and I tell those stories um, at dinner parties from you know every now and then, uh, just because they're a bit interesting. But but actually, the thing that I found in the scene was that the lives of gang members, like the lives of all of us, actually, are very routine and very monotonous. So it was it was boredom more than adventure. Um, but the adventure is sort of a better headline, I guess. All right. So, what do you make of this idea? National's got it's going to. It seems to me like pretty old school, pretty old hat. Banning gang patches, um, arresting people for for gathering, gang members gathering, trying to stop gang gang members from talking to each other. I mean, what do you make of it? Well, look, you know, I, I'm I'm always mindful of speaking about specific policies because you don't want to be seen to be on one side or another. Do you? Certainly, I don't. Um, but the one thing I will say is this, well, a couple of things to say. The first is that it doesn't really matter who's in government and who's in opposition. We see these types of responses just from opposition. It doesn't matter what colour that opposition uh, is. And if you look back at history, which I've done extensively, in fact, I just, just published a, a report on this um, maybe six weeks ago, um, perhaps not even that, uh, and, and looked at the last swathe of anti-gang measures that were brought in by a government, uh, and they were utterly hopeless. Now, this isn't surprising because the, the introduction to the bill that housed those legislative measures, a massive swathe of, of legislation, said that there was no independent research to examine the problem. Well, that still exists. That, that's just the same today. And to think that politicians on the fly can come up with answers that will make people, you know, will just be this silver bullet um, is highly, highly unlikely. In fact, I think it's far more likely that they'll create more harm than good. So what are some of those measures that, that haven't worked that you talked about? 
Well, there were all sorts of things actually. There were, you know, similar. Some of some of these are very similar sounding. So uh, there were um, laws brought in to stop people associating. One of those laws was used twice in just over 20 years. The other one was never used at all. And those ones that were used, um, so criminal harassment, for example, overwhelmingly were, were used against non-gang members more than gang members. So they were introduced as gang laws, but indeed they just became general law and order provisions. Um, other, other measures just proved completely unworkable. So they went to court and then they just found they just they couldn't get them to stick. So again, it wasn't looked at particularly well. And, and actually, some of it gets a bit more sinister, well, not sinister, but even more interesting than that. And that is that some of those measures that were asked for at that time had been asked for as general law and order provisions twice before. But when, when they were couched as gang laws, uh, they were passed. And I think that's slightly concerning, because when we see gang laws, you know, they're, they're, they're talked about as gang laws, they perhaps don't get the scrutiny they might ordinarily. So what's the answer then? If it's not banning gang patches, what is it? I mean, we've been talking on the show this morning and I've been saying that you've, you've got to almost target eight, nine, ten-year-olds now and show them that there's a path other than the gang path. What's your views on it? Well, I think there's sort of there's, there's the short term and the longer term. There are clearly issues at the moment in inter-gang warfare um, primarily at the stages between the, the tribesmen and the killer bees, that's just going to require good, hard policing. Uh, and you know, that means blanket policing those two groups to send a signal, not just to them, but to other groups, that if you behave in these ways that are completely unacceptable and there are going to be severe consequences. And that's not just investigating the measures, oh, sorry, the crimes that are at play here, the public shootings and the like, but you reinvestigate old matters to make life difficult. You, you, you prosecute even minor offences. You just get on top of them. And that's not, you know, that's not the coolest sounding response, but it is a very important part of it. But, but for the longer term... But hold on, well, won't, won't gangs then claim they've been harassed? Well, this is what okay. That's a you know that's an incredibly good point because what 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 they that the police need to do in these instances is just target those very specific groups that are completely out of hand. Remembering there are dozens and dozens and dozens of gangs in New Zealand, but at the moment there's only two that are really playing up. So you would just want to go after those two. Then they they accept that their behaviour is the reason for that police attention, and therefore you don't tend to get that. Um, uh, cohesion that comes from conflict. So sometimes, if you target, if you if, if measure that poorly targeted, the groups can actually get stronger because of it, because they feel like they're being unduly or unfairly targeted. So mm. yeah, that's a really it's a really important point, and it just goes to show, I think, that there's so much to this. It really is so complex. You've got to you've got to um, give it the serious consideration it deserves. But look, that longer term. Yeah, without question. I mean, there's a couple of things here, right? We could we could kill the the, the drug trade tomorrow if we got rid of demand. Mm. You know, we're we're you know, there's none of this focus on ensuring that we are using less drugs in New Zealand. You know, methamphetamine is is ravaging certain communities. We need to get in there and address that demand side, I think. But without question, if we're not targeting kids now um, and wrapping around them, and I mean. Kids just and and it's not kids across the board. Gangs are populated as are our prisons from certain socio-economic areas. 
Um, we need to target those kids because those kids... And, and remembering that in family violence, on average, one every five weeks, a kid is killed in New Zealand at the hands of their family. One every five weeks. Well, that's a moral outrage, right? You know, these poor little mites deep to death in these miserable, unloved existences. But for every one of those that's killed, there are scores more that go on to populate our gangs and populate our prisons. If we don't address that, and in fact, if, and if, if politicians don't talk about addressing that, then I think you can rightly conclude that they're not particularly serious um, and it may well be more about votes Yes, yeah, 16 months out of an election, you're not, you're not going to get a politician talking about that long-term game, are you? No, and this is the thing, it's so much easier, so much snappier just to talk about these, you know, these sort of simple-sounding measures rather than the effective policies, which are, you know, let's make no bones about it, incredibly tough. Hey, Jared, thanks for the insight, really appreciate it. Oh, I enjoyed it, thanks so much. Right, have a good day.